Hello, Dubs. Hello, Chrissy Poo. <laughs> uh, new new nickname for me every week now, please. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm okay. going to try. Gonna <laughs> we're going to forget in uh, seven minutes. Yeah. And we're never going to okay. do it again. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. How you been? Stressed. Tired. How are you? <laughs> uh, but let's talk about fun stuff. Yay. <laughs> fun stuff. Uh, see, see anything uh, good lately? Any like new TV shows? Any new movies or something like that? I saw a new movie actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I, I was genuinely trying to think of anything else I've seen, <laughs> and I was thinking I act nothing, <laughs> fucking nothing. It's actually lie. I have been watching something. What you been watching? Uh, McGregor Forever. Oh, okay, that's on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, was it just the story of Conor McGregor? It's just documenting, uh, I think it's His 2018. <laughs> 2018 toward to now of what's been happening behind the scenes. Because okay. he's, he's surprisingly um, quiet about the professional side of what he does. He's much more open about his private life. Interesting. Than he is his career. Like training, injuries, sparring partners, uh, gym stuff. He doesn't post. But he'll post himself... Um, partying and partying and like just like like driving places his his, all of his watches his yachts and shit like that so like he he's he shows off a flashiness but he won't show off the actual business side of what he does and this documentary is about the business side of what he does okay so they've been filming it all along this whole time yeah and it's fascinating it's fascinating because it's it's exactly what everybody kind of knew which is it's all just a show in a way okay, like he very much puts on a persona for he he embellishes yeah. that persona he's a heel right yeah yeah but it's surprising because he has flashes of just this other side of him that he never shows publicly hmm. uh like his charity work um, oh like what yeah exactly like you, you didn't know he did that right nobody yeah, knew i mean but he it's stuff like that where it's just oh i didn't we nobody knew that you did that that you flew around the world to see uh, like these nonprofits, or you donated all this stuff. Well, I think that people knew because he was one of the only celebrities in Ireland that was driving around with PPE supplies <laughs> yeah. and was refueling, you know, senior centers, hospitals, yeah, schools, yeah, yeah. and he was distributing and paying for all this PPE equipment. Um, so it's just stuff like that. And then also, what's really weird is seeing him as a as a parent. He's a parent. He has three kids. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How old are they? Oh, I think the oldest is five. Okay. And one's two and one's three, I think. Okay. Yeah, they're all very young. That but is very interesting. It's it's crazy because you see... I, it, I'm just picturing the only Conor McGregor I've ever seen on TV talking to his kids. Like, you're fucking nothing. No, that's the funny thing <laughs> because he switches into it. Got it. Literally, it shows him on fight night. Yeah. On the night of his fight, he's leaving for the arena to start warming up and like wrap up and get changed and everything. And his son is sad that he's leaving. And he's completely, he's like, oh, what's wrong, buddy? Like, oh, it's okay. Daddy's going to be right back. It's all right. Why don't we put on a movie for you? Right. And he's giving him kisses. And he's like this loving, tender, great Irish. (laughs) He's this loving, tender father. And then an hour and a half later, He's there just getting, he's getting wrapped up and he just looks fucking, and he's just, <laughs> he's, McGreg- he's McGregor. He's <laughs> caving in someone's face. Yeah. He looks like, Con- he's looking and acting like the Conor McGregor we all know. Yeah. It's hilarious to see him be such a tender, loving, t- like, caring father mm. um, to his kids. And like, 
Yeah, it's just it's weird because it's so sudden too. Because they're showing him like, like playing with his kids in the gym and like pushing them in the car, like toy cars and stuff. And like, oh yeah, 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 buddy, that's it. That's how you do it. Like, put your right hand forward, like <laughs> talking to him. And then it's then it's him in the gym and he's fucking wheel like wheel kicking people on the head and shit. And it's like, has he oh still been God. like fighting actively? Like, has he still been in like big fights? So, this is what the this is what the show is really showing behind the scenes. He fought like once a year for three years. Damn. And everybody was saying you can't do that. And it that's turns too much. That's too little. You're, oh, okay. you're supposed to fight three times a year when you're a big name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been fighting once a year, maybe. Yeah. Uh, turns out he's had some like constant injuries. Oh wow. Constant big injuries that he never really talked about or Got put it. out there. And you're seeing him work through like rehab and PT and just dealing with stuff. And it's like, oh, okay. Interesting. That's there's interesting. Just, it just seems like there's a lot more to these folks behind the scenes than that's kind of just what it's showing. See. Yeah. It's kind of just, he, cool. was, he was willing to be like, yeah, uh, we'll put it out and I won't talk about it, what I'm doing for a few years. And then I'll be okay with it being out there after the fact. Okay. But interesting. Right now, I, I need to keep it close to the chest. And that's probably, uh, I wonder how much of him keeping it close to the chest during that whole period was because they were filming it the whole time. It could have been that too. And he Where knew that he like, would have a product. I want there to be mystery around this. Cause like, what have I been up to these years? And then yeah. boom, here's a documentary versus like, Oh, we kind of knew what you've been up to. Cause you were posting all of it. Yeah. But that's yeah. interesting since 2018, huh? So like the last five years. Well, he he won big in the UFC. Then he went and did boxing against Mayweather. Yeah, I remember that. You have it. You have a hat from it. <laughs> yeah. I look at that all the time, and I did not know. It says May slash Mac. May Mac. Yeah. And I never realized that's what it was. Yeah, but I should have known. That's the Mayweather and uh, McGregor fight. Yeah. Um, but he boxed. And then after that, he made so he made $100 million just off of the fight. Off of that one fight. Yes. That was just the fight earnings. That was not promotions. Yeah. That was not sponsors. That was just the fight. And he lost, right? He lost. That's crazy. Not really. He went against the, possibly the greatest boxer. No, it's of all crazy time. that he won so much money losing. Well, it's because Mayweather uh, made, I think, like $600 million. Jesus. <laughs> that is more than half a billion dollars yeah. from fighting a guy that's why floyd Mayweather has uh his promotions called the money team the money team yeah <laughs> tmt <laughs> the money team the money team um but he mcgregor made so much money he was able to successfully launch and kick off other endeavors he kicked off like his fitness program he, he kicked off a restaurant business at home in his hometown he kicked off uh i mean that was actually right as his uh whiskey kicked off proper 12 mm. um have you had it? No. Um, he has uh, CBD recovery stuff that he uses <laughs> that he put out yeah. called Title Sport. Cool. So he launched all of his businesses off of that. Yeah. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Got $100 million, reinvested it into businesses, got paid even more money from yeah. his businesses, and now it's just... He doesn't have to... I'm shocked that he still, he still sets up for fighting. I mean, it's... It's what he does. It's like he doesn't have to. Yeah, I know. But literally his entire family is set. He bought his parents houses. He bought everybody in his family cars mm. and like like everybody is set in his family. Mm -hmm. He's fine. And yeah. he's still like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get up and go run five miles at 6 a.m. because I need to train 
for a fight. I mean, a couple just, things. One, it's like it's just who he is. It's what he likes, and it's hard to drop that after doing it for so long. Because he's been fighting professionally what for like ten, fifteen years, maybe. Ten years. Yeah. I think you can't probably just be more. like, all right, I'm good now. Bye. True, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that. It's, it's sense of purpose. Yeah. Right. It's just, this is who I am. I am a fighter and this is what I do. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. I can see that. But I also saw a movie. Yeah. I was, I wasn't <laughs> expecting this conversation at all. I, that was kind of a joke intro that I gave you because obviously we went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy together. Uh, <gasps> Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. Ooh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for spoiler the rest alert. of the show. Yes. We're going to talk all about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you blacked this one out. I blacked this as one out. As you do with the big Marvel movies. Out. Are you glad you did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never said no to that that question, by the way, every time you ask. Damn. Yeah, that's really interesting. I uh, I didn't go as hard into, uh, I guess, whiting this one out <laughs> as I normally do, where yeah. I didn't watch trailer breakdowns of what does it mean? Oh, no. I just, yeah, okay. I just watched the trailers for it. Uh, I didn't even really see any behind-the-scenes stuff. I read a lot of like comments and theories about it. The biggest theory was that, oh, some guardians are dying in this one. Because it definitely, the trailer set it up to be a very heartfelt finale. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it, this one was like, okay, you know guardians. Like, it was originally pitched as space, funny. But it's like, ooh, but feelings also. And then the second one was like, you remember those feelings? More funny, more feelings. And this one's like, feelings. <laughs> <laughs> from yeah. all the trailers yeah. and uh it sure was feelings oh boy but every single guardian made it out alive <laughs> from this one which was unexpected but works like it worked it works because the whole thing was like trying to save rocket so it'd be weird if he died quill didn't really have a moment or need to die i think at all in this movie like it wouldn't have made sense I think the most emotional part of this movie for me. Yeah, let's go there right off the rip. <laughs> Do you want to? We don't have to. I mean, sure. I have. I have one. For me, it was more emotional. More emotional seeing it the second time because I knew it was coming, and I was like oh, ready. Of like, ooh, I'm about to get teary eyed. Um, for me, it was when Rocket was reunited with all of his friends at the in like the white yeah. space that yeah. that purgatory thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> and he the re. I, this is what I said in the car to to my lady friend on the way home. Holy shit! Did Bradley Cooper act his fucking ass off <laughs> to play an animated for a guy <laughs> who makes zero appearances? Yeah, he had to convey so much emotion in this movie, and yeah. he fucking did. And that scene specifically, the relief that Rocket has to be gone from it all and just to be with those three friends of his yep. again was such a heartbreaking moment yeah it because you see at the same time that was the whole like back and forth yeah and meanwhile meanwhile peter quill is losing it yeah that scream and he's going yeah because he's chris pratt bought the heat too he he did too because don't forget that was i think within 30 minutes of when he said before he says it in in the film when he says well i've lost everybody Mm. Oscar Mora. Oh, mm-hmm. I, like I think maybe, everyone around me dies or yes. something like that. Yeah, and that moment too for yeah, but put it love him or hate him, hands together for that moment by Chris Pratt to do that to a green screened stuffed animal, probably <laughs> yeah. right to have that amount of emotion that he put out there of just losing another person in his life. Yeah, and his best friend that he says it's just 
that was so heavy of a moment going it was so heavy for rocket it was so heavy for peter quill and there was no relief it was just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth well and then the dude is so good because it was such a long build up to that moment too you're feeling everything that quill is feeling up to that moment you're feeling everything rocket's whole backstory up to that moment yeah for most of the movie rocket is unconscious and dying on a table um but like we see so much of rocket's backstory during like his flashbacks i think they introduced it as like flashbacks of like this is what he's experiencing in his coma or whatever but and then they just showed it like it just became flashbacks in the movie um but like we got to know those characters and see what happened to those characters and see how it affected rocket like rockets yell in the flashback when um lila gets shot oh yeah and just his like someone called it a whale like it wasn't a yell it was a whale again bradley cooper acted his fucking act. he had to voice act that those scenes alone in a booth without without being able to physically do what he was trained and has been doing his whole career yeah. physically performing yeah he had to do it all just not even motion capture just in exactly. a sound booth that's they do they for the second and third one they do the little dots on his face and the camera on his face so they could kind of map his okay. facial movements to the raccoon but that's so he was oh. kind of purposefully like acting he, in his face it wasn't just his voice he but, brought so much power and emotion into rocket yeah holy shit the the trauma the this was by far i think one of the most dramatic performances in the mcu rocket in this one yes yeah like when I think of dramatic, I, I I think like the range and depth of emotions that he portrays Rocket going through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, d- dramatic in terms of like cl- like theater, like drama, yes, drama versus I mean. comedy. The depth yeah. and darkness of that dramatic. Performance. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah for I sure. don't think anything has really gotten to this level i was thinking like maybe a thor performance i was thinking that too thor has those moments of complete thor is so as a character is always so in the comical light that when he acknowledges the darkness it's such a polar spectrum shift yeah 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 where he fully goes into the complete darkness of that moment and then he pulls himself out of it again it's like oh but i'm thor you <laughs> yeah. know like son of odin I'm, I'm thinking like infinity war thor of like the movie starts oh. with him losing everybody oh yeah he watches yeah, heimdall get killed he watches loki get killed then he gets blown up with the ship and then he like wakes up and he's panicking and he does a and then he's like crying to rocket about how he's lost everybody but then he toughens up because he's yeah. thor and then yeah. uh like that whole thing and then like the bring me thanos and i told you you die for that and stuff like that mm-hmm. and then yeah, that actually that, that was, was the a, second heaviest. That performance was a pretty ending. dark performance too. Yeah, you're right. But this one absolutely takes a cake. This one smashed. <laughs> like it, that yeah. one was pretty heavy. This one just like I didn't even really think of that one as heavy until this conversation. Thor, when, you mean? when we're trying to place like, what else was a really heavy uh, performance? Thor's performance or or Rockets? Thor and Infinity War. Thor and Infinity. Like that was a dark movie. That was because a dark obviously movie. the villain lost and there was some Endgame heavy was shit dark too. Endgame was pretty dark. The majority of that movie. Yeah, the be- and the beginning of that in Thor. I think the majority of it was pretty dark. Yeah. The majority of it was them having fighting for hope. Yeah. That's what that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And it was all the way. That's why I think portals hit the way it does. <laughs> portals is that. portals because it's the final come together of no, 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 no. Now it's this has been dark this whole time. Yeah, yeah literally yeah. the scene is bright from it's, portals. It's and the <laughs> portals. It was dark since the opening moments of Infinity War. Arguably the post credit scene of Thor Ragnarok <laughs> all the way through yeah, Infinity War. It's that's just a good point. We keep losing, 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 losing. Endgame starts and we're losing, losing, losing. losing, losing. And then there's hope against all odds, against all odds. This is really tough, really tough. It's not looking good, not looking good. And then portals and it's all hope. Oh, yeah. It's they're all here, everybody. <laughs> and it's like this. <gasps> <laughs> Yes. It's like, like you've been drowning underwater. Like Thanos has been holding your head underwater, and portals is you getting your first breath of air. Yes, that's why I think this whole moment that we're describing, like Rocket dying on the table, he's flatlining. Chris Pratt, a er, Star Lord, is screaming. Rocket is accepting that he's dead, and he can finally go be with his friends. And then that moment. She holds him on the chest and she's like, but not yet. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Something raccoon. And he goes, I'm not a raccoon and goes back. <laughs> I'm, not a rac- I'm not a raccoon. As he like, gets sucked back to, to real life. Um, which I watched. So I, I saw this movie a little before you. And then I went back because I knew we were going to be watching it again. I went back. I watched Guardians 1, Guardians 2, Infinity War, Endgame. So I could get all caught up on the whole Guardian story and the holiday special. You did special. homework. I did the holiday you special. You did fucking homework, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I I'm sure proud did. of you. That's, in, that's it's fun homework, let me tell you. That is good homework. That is very good homework. <laughs> Guardians 1, Guardians 2, Infinity War, Endgame, and the holiday special. <laughs> I gotta watch the holiday special, yeah. <laughs> it's weird to watch in May, I'll tell you that. Should I wait? I mean, at this point, yeah, because it sets up a couple little tiny threads in yeah. uh, Guardians 3, which you've already missed. Um, but it's a it's a really good holiday for I'll watch it's, I'll watch it this holiday. It's fun. Watch it um, celebrate. It'll probably some be something I throw on every holiday. It'll be in my rotation. Okay, that's good. Elf Christmas story Guardians holiday special. <laughs> um but I watched all of them. They mentioned <laughs> I'm not a raccoon so many times in every single one of those. And they call him every other name for a rodent badger <laughs> badger hedgehog <laughs> sylvester stallone calls him we get in and then we save your hedgehog <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's so many different names um yeah and then the weird like it was a weird emotional payoff that he found out that he was a raccoon <laughs> like that was such a weirdly heavy hitting moment when he finds all the little babies and he's like come here my little babies and yeah. he puts them all over his shoulder and then he like he sees that the name for it is a raccoon and then he just accepts <laughs> that he's a raccoon introduces himself as a rocket raccoon but yeah that that heavy 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 moment was similar to portals where it's you're watching this character gets the shit beat out of him in the beginning of the movie and then we see in his flashback he gets the shit beat out of him his whole life he's had a horrible miserable life and then he's dying and then he comes back to life and it's just joy and it's like all right we're on our way to go fuck up the the high evolutionary and like save our friends and then like the the moment where they call each other on the intercom and Nebula and Drax and Mantis are on the ship and they're on, on their ship. <laughs> We're on the ship. What do you mean you're on the ship? <laughs> <laughs> and it just immediately goes back into goofy guardiansness. And like they're hugging and he's like, Where's Nebula? And he's like, yeah. oh, We don't know. Sorry. Well, because her call's right on the. <laughs> 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 and then uh, they call her. For me, what like. 
punched me in the gut and I was like, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that the first time I watched it. And then I knew it was coming the second time. And I did like, I felt my eyes start to water up is Nebula being overcome with emotions that rocket is alive. Nebula's like, reaction. Yeah. That is such a heavy, like emotional payoff for that character from guardians one to two <gasps> to infinity war to Endgame to three. And she's, getting teary-eyed that the raccoon isn't dead like yeah. are you kidding me yeah that hit me out of nowhere there's something about like very strong characters like kind of breaking down and becoming an emotional that gets me and that's why i think like thor was so good in infinity war when he's crying about all of his family being dead it's like that's thor <laughs> and he's crying and like nebula getting teary-eyed that that rocket is live i i think it's for anybody who's a huge movie fan, they're going to laugh at this, but I think it's because the majority of Hollywood movies has always portrayed the main character as unbreakable. Yeah. Right? They're just this... They don't have to be stoic, but they're just unbreakable. They're always persevering. They're always on top, and they're always able to to come out on, on the other side of it. And yes, I know there's plenty of movies and plenty of characters that, that struggle and, and suffer and, and fail, but that that thing like don't forget what we're talking about like we're talking about a comic book hero literal god yeah in the story yeah and we're mentioning how he cries yeah right and that's the thing that i think is why to your point it's so heavy it's because they go that path yeah of showing that right yeah um and i think that's really that's really cool and i was gonna say that same thing that moment when everybody picks up after they're like, where the fuck are you? <laughs> they all pick up the, wait, Rocket? Is that Rocket? And Rocket's they alive? all have this emotional wave of just, like, of joy and relief. <laughs> yeah. And it's so, it's, it's, it was a beautiful moment. Yeah. It was funny at first. <laughs> yeah. She's calling. And, and Drax, tell them we say hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Drax was very good in this one. He, yeah. Drax was hilarious in this one. I love how, and there's a similar thing happening in my favorite TV show right now, which is Ted Lasso, because it's wrapping up. Um, every character got an emotional payoff in this one. Like, every character's three-movie arc ha- is, like, tied off. And, like, very, very literally, like, on the nose at the end of the movie when they all say, like, all right, I'm done with the Guardians of the Galaxy. This yeah. is what I'm off to do next. Yeah. <laughs> is like, it's all very fitting. But, like, Drax, like, in the in Guardians 1, he says, Quill, there are two types of people in the world. Those who dance and those who do not. You are a dancer. Gamora is not. Uh, <laughs> and he's and he, like, never dances. And then he mentions a couple times, like, dancing is for idiots. Uh, and there's a scene in like Guardians 2, I think Romantis is dancing and he says, you look like an idiot. Um, and then like the payoff in this one with oh, fucking Florence, Florence and the, the machine. machine. Yeah. Could not imagine a more uplifting, like just party anthem uh, to close out that feel good ending of a movie. And he finally like starts dancing with his new children, his like 30 adopted children. Cause, and like his tie is, is, is uh arc ending is you're meant to be a dad. You're not meant to be a destroyer. destroyer. You're yeah. meant to be a, da- a dad. Oh my God. Um, Rocket leading the guardians, um, which so, since you've blocked this out, you probably don't know much of like the interviews or behind the scenes. No, I, don't. I have seen a lot. There've been a lot of interviews with James Gunn and Bradley Cooper. 
And a lot of the Bradley Cooper was like, yeah, I'm so excited for this movie because all along when I signed on to do this, James said he sees it as a series, like two or three, like a trilogy probably. And it's going to be Rocket's trilogy. Like Rocket is the main character of this trilogy for me. He's the one that James Gunn like sees himself the most as, and he's the one who has the most emotional depth. And like the third one will tie that all together. And Bradley Cooper's like, okay. Like, it's not that he didn't believe him, but he's like, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I'm it goes a, I'm out. a raccoon. I'm a CGI yeah. raccoon. We'll see what I what we can do. Yeah, I'm a raccoon. Chris Pratt's the main character. And then he kept, like, singing his praises. Like, we get to this movie, and it's like, holy crap. <laughs> like, not only was it Rocket's story, but, like, it was Rocket's story. Like, whoo. Um, there, there's, like, so many things in Guardians 1 and Guardians 2 that's, like, very clearly, like, hinting that like rocket is like the emotional main character like really like what T- talk to me so in, in the first one there's the scene where drax and rocket are fighting and they're drunk and rocket's oh, like yeah. i didn't ask to get made call me raccoon one more time oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, blow yeah. your brains out and stuff like that and like quill comes in and saves the day but it's like he's got something going on and when they're in prison and they get hosed off with the orange sludge and you see chris pratt's eight pack yeah uh he like looks at rocket and he has like all the machine stuff in his back and he looks at him and he like p- kind of pities him um, and then like he like makes all these like quickly <laughs> makes a fucking thing trinkets and yeah. like saves the day over and over again. And the second one, there's that incredible Yandu rocket scene where he's like, "I know who you are, boy. You try to act tough and put up these walls because you think that oh, every yeah. time you get close to someone, it makes you look weak. I know who you are because you are me." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh, it's yeah. like Peter doesn't have a, a huge emotional payoff like that in any no. of the movies, but like Rocket has had one in each movie, and then infinity war he goes off with thor and he's like he's acting all tough and he's like nidavalier that's where they make the most horrible weapons in the universe i'd very much like to go to there and he like acts like this big tough asshole and then like he talks to uh he talks to thor and thor's like i've lost everything blah 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 and so like what what else that, is there in that scene he's like, nah, I've no got in a lot that to lose. scene when uh rocket's driving he goes well i guess it's time to be a captain now uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and he like that there's some growth there he walks over when, like, and he the whole time the like yeah. star lord is just like i sure hope gamora doesn't die yeah. <laughs> and then gamora dies like i sure am upset about that um and then in Endgame, he's a child in Endgame, rocket's the only guardian <laughs> it's rocket yeah. and nebula actually but yeah, nebula it's he like carries that like he's the one who goes and gets thor and helps him snap out of his thing and he's like that type of leader and like, Chris Pratt just isn't there. Like Star Lord isn't well, there. So now that you say that, it, it puts it really puts Peter Quill into the proper uh, lens, which is he like he even admits it. He's a child. Yeah, he's a kid. I left Earth when I was eight. And, yeah, I've yeah. been running from that feeling ever since, and I need to go back. And then it shows him back at home with his father <laughs> having eating cereal, cereal with his granddad. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying though. It's just yeah. that's very much. Um, it reinforces what you're saying. Star yeah. Lord is really just a, like a teenage boy. Yeah. As a and, character. And Rocket had the whole growth and character yes. arc and stuff yes. like that. Um, just like standing ovation for James Gunn <laughs> for like, crafting this trilogy. Yeah. He did a great job on these three. Yeah. And I think he did the most James Gunn movie with the third one. Yeah. I think it was the most explicitly James Gunn movie type of this yeah. theme it was that he's done it was very funny i don't know if it was the funniest i remember being blown away at how funny guardians one was 
Like I remember well, Guardians one took swept the rug out. <laughs> we didn't we didn't have Guardians we as had, a template. Iron we had <laughs> Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and then Avengers and then Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? what is this? Yeah. And it was so out of left field and it was so funny and it had so much heart and it was so cool because you get to see outer space and all that. How, how much stuff. did you laugh at the first opening scene when uh Star Lord's on the planet and he starts playing music? It was uh, incredible. I was, it was just so much fun. Like I'm, it's a roller coaster I'm, I'm, of a movie, I'm, 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 yeah, and he's Bones singing into the rat's mouth. <laughs> the, rat that him, yeah. <laughs> the rat that's trying to bite him. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so good. I mean, obviously, it was so iconic because that's the scene they chose to like go back to for Endgame. Like yeah. they literally just showed that dance sequence again. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then like Guardians Two just like dialed up everything about it. I think Guardians Two is more emotional. I think it's funnier than the first one. Than the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I wouldn't say it's a better movie, like the way it's crafted from beginning to end. But I, I get more out of watching it. If that makes sense. I agree. Not, not necessarily enjoy it. Well, more, that's because but like, one was the big. You have to go through the intro process. So I understand what you're saying. I like. I, I think two is better. Yeah, two has. I think better comedy bits, better emotional, like sad bits, better like anger bits, uh, better like emotional payoffs. It's got that scene that gets me every time when they're at Yondu's funeral and oh, and yeah. Craglin is like looks up to him so much and but he's like Yondu's like an outcast and he's like getting treated like a piece of shit and they even say like the the flames of the Ravagers will never show at your funeral or whatever and then they all show up and yeah. they shoot the fire and Craglin just starts crying and he shouts yeah, yeah. like that. That's like just talking about it right now. I'm getting a little welled up. That yeah, is that, so heavy. That was a very emotional movie. Now that you say that, there's a lot of heavy parts. The scene when uh, uh, Ego is giving the whole speech to Peter and he has like the galaxies in his yeah. eyes and he's like, I am forever and you're going to help me and blah, blah, blah. And it killed me to put that tumor in her head. Yeah. And Peter's yeah. eyes just what, what? and yeah. just starts blasting into him without a moment's hesitation. Starts killing his dad <laughs> because he gave his mom cancer. That was heavy and all of that stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, this one just continued to dial everything up. I, I don't think it was funnier. I think it was a better movie from start to finish. Like two? I think, uh, then two. I, I've asked so many people, like, where would you rank the three Guardians movies in terms of like your favorite to least favorite or best to worst? It, that's a hard. You know why that's a hard question? Why? Because they all have their level of impact because of the previous one. They build off of each Two other. Two is as is so good because it took one, yeah. and built off of that. Three is so good because it built off of what it came before it to give us the payoff of three. It's like, what's your favorite Lord of the Rings movie? And it's like, it that's one long movie. It's, it's yeah, it's a trilogy. Yeah, it's, it's not easy to where you like you can with Star Wars or something like. What's your favorite of the original trilogy? Those are three very different movies that continue the story. But like Lord of the Rings and Guardians, I would kind of put in a similar vibe of. It's one big long story. Yeah. Um, and Guardians obviously has a very big gap in between two and three of there's two other entire movies yeah. and a holiday special in there. And years have passed. But the, <coughs> the emotional arc is is carried through the first three. How'd you like the villain? The high evolutionary? Um, He was very unique yeah. because he kind of came out of nowhere for me. Yeah, because you didn't know he was in it. I didn't know he existed. I didn't yeah. know he made. Um, I didn't know he Rocket. made civilizations. I didn't yeah. know that he. I didn't know he made the sovereign, the gold people. Right? Yeah, he made yeah. the sovereign. Uh, I didn't realize any of that, and 
uh yeah just that was very new that was very unique to me i thought uh i thought he was a good villain yeah in the sense that he was very easy to hate i very easy to hate but like also he was a good villain in that you get what he's doing like kind of thanos like you're that's not right but i do see where you're coming from yes yeah yeah um eugenics part aside of it right i i feel he was a very good bad guy yeah for this movie he's very menacing very creepy also you know okay i know what it is you know i'm having this weird hesitation to him Mm -hmm. it's because in reality our reaction to him as the villain is only because of rocket's flashbacks yeah the rest of the characters don't really know anything about him yeah all they know is that hey this guy is one of the, one of the people that this guy has will help us save Rocket, and that's how they view him. Yeah, it's only Gamora. Gamora is the only one in that party that goes, "You can't be doing this," and they go, "We don't give a shit. We'll kill him." And she was like, "You can't." <laughs> He's do a thousand this. times more powerful yeah, you than you. Yeah, it's like whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, that's that's literally the. That's uh, not a trap. It's a face off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire group's reaction to it, and I think that's why it's weird. It's because we, as the audience, despise the the the, the villain only because of flashbacks to Rocket, and they, the party, the 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 guardians for the most part, don't get on the same page with us as the audience until they see the flashbacks yeah. of what uh, Rocket went through. Once they get the chip out of that guy's yeah. head. And they, they go through Rocket's files mm-hmm. and they see everything. Then they're just thinking, oh, oh, now we're going out. Now we're killing <laughs> When guy. Nebula says, this is worse than what Thanos did to me. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That's a high bar. That's when they all got <clears> on the <throat> same page of, oh, we're going to go fuck this guy up. <laughs> we're going to go kill him. Uh... <laughs> when yeah. Trash just goes, kill him. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna go there and, and steal the the data files and kill everybody. Not everybody. Kill a few people. <laughs> no, one guy, one lazy guy that nobody likes. <laughs> That's just sad. <laughs> <laughs> you were dying at that part, and I loved it. <laughs> Drax was just <laughs> kill one guy, one stupid guy that nobody likes. <laughs> How about the fact that Nathan Fillion was in it? Yeah. That was awesome for an extended period of time, and he was great. He was yeah. hilarious. Too. That was a surprise to us too. He was yeah. not anywhere in the. Trailers. I saw his name on the on the casting. Oh yeah, and I was, uh, yeah at the beginning. Oh, I didn't. I, Interesting. I, I, I don't know if you saw me. I went. Oh, because <laughs> I, I completely saw missed that Nathan Fillion in the lower right hand corner. Interesting. And I was and I was thinking, no, no way, the Nathan Fillion. And then he showed up. And yeah, I he had like a big ass part. Yeah, yeah. He was. Um, <laughs> oh, I have one of those guys too. <laughs> <laughs> I, this guy's doing great. You're doing great, buddy. This guy can't stand him at all. <laughs> right, to his face. So good. Um, soundtrack. Let's talk about the soundtrack. Very good. Again, another Huge banger. Fan banger. It, Banger. Every one of them, every one of the trilogy has given me great songs that I love and introduced me to new songs. Yeah. Like this one, uh, We Care A Lot by... Uh, I forget the name of the band. Um, but it's playing when they go to uh, Counter Earth or whatever. When they're like, let's go get Rocket. It's like... A, fuck, what's the name of this? No... No something. Faith No More. We Care A Lot by Faith No More, which is such like an 80s, like metal-ish, metal punk kind of vibe. Um, That was a fun one. There was uh, In the Meantime by Space Hog, 
when they were in the the colored spacesuits just floating around that nasty <laughs> by by a uh, biological yeah. space station yeah <coughs> and then obviously creep the acoustic version of creep oh. at the beginning that was so good. Which I've loved that version of that song since like seventh grade. So like I was the first time I watched it, I did not know. I purposely didn't really look into the soundtrack. I'm like, let me glance. Okay, I can't cool, find some it. good stuff. Can't even find it. Um, but the the acoustic version of Creep with Rocket singing the whole thing at the yeah. beginning. Um, oh, so one thing I wanted to point out: the trailers. These were good trailers because they gave they showed some like cool shots and they showed like the the new ship which is called the Bowie by the way. Uh, the Bowie, the, yeah, their their new spaceship. Uh, it showed it like flying through some wormholes, and it showed some action shots, and it showed the high evolutionary, and it showed like a hand reaching in to grab a raccoon. And we're like, ooh, we might see Rocket's origin story. That's interesting, but like we didn't know that it was going to be Rocket's movie. And the fact that it starts with Rocket getting grabbed and then cuts to him singing "Creep" by Radiohead, I was like, this movie's going to wreck me, <laughs> and boy did it. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I told you in the parking lot after the movie, this was by far darker, gorier, mm. heavier than I expected it would be. Uh, everybody, and it might, it might be the the top of all those for the entire MCU. Yes, I think. I can't think of what a gorier I can't, <laughs> MCU. I, there's definitely nothing gorier, and I, I can't think of something that's darker. I think in Infinity War and Endgame got pretty dark. Yeah. They got pretty dark, but not as, I mm. think, emotionally heavy yeah. as this movie. This movie, this that's what I mean by dramatic. Like, this got dramatically heavy. Yeah. This did not get just heavy as, as in, like, the heroes have lost all hope. This got a level beyond that of... Like, despair. Despair, traumatic... Agony. Like, yeah. It was traumatic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a traumatic representation. Yep. Uh, there are a lot of people who have walked out of this movie, as I'm sure you could imagine. Yeah. There's quite a bit of animal torture in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and some people are not a fan of it. There, I've I've talked to some people at work, and uh, I was like, did you see Guardians 3? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, how'd you like it? And they're like, I hated it. <laughs> I like never want to watch that movie again. And it's... I get it. <laughs> I get it, but the whole... It's a part of the storytelling here. Yeah. And getting to that point of the swing of it. Yeah. The whole movie to me builds to that moment when uh, Rocket wakes up. Yeah. He comes out of the coma and they embrace him. Yeah. The whole movie to that point is building to that moment of just the... the, the that's Because that's the first time he's awake with them. Yeah. Really. Since Adam Warlock shows up. At right, the very exactly. beginning of the movie. Yeah, but even then, he wasn't really communicating with him that much. He was just walking around. Uh, <clears throat> at the beginning, when he's listening to Creep, and Star-Lord gets angry that he's using his Zune, and he yells at him, and then passes out, that's the last conversation they have until Rocket wakes up. Yeah. Because <laughs> Star-Lord passes out, Adam Warlock shows up, and all that. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, music, very good. Uh, there are a couple new songs that I've been into. There's... There was a song that was used in the trailer that was awesome. There's Do You Realize by the Flaming Lips, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's an Alice Cooper song uh, called something about rainbows. Like, why do I always want rainbows or something like that? Um, and then Florence and the Machine is just like, that's one of the most uplifting uses of a song I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> like, it just 
made me so happy. And for those who like feeling happy, <laughs> there is a video of Florence Welsh from Florence and the Machines uh, reacting to seeing her song being used in the movie. I think she got a private screening or something, and someone's just recording her reaction. And it is the most wholesome, uplifting video I think I've ever seen in my life, because for those who don't know, she is just an absolute sweetheart, and she is very touched, to say the least, that her song is being used for such a happy scene yeah. to close out the movie. Um, yeah, very, very good. It was... Uh very well done. Very the the well whole done. I I understand <clears throat> that if you walked out because the animal cruelty, cruelty stuff, it was hard to watch. Yeah, but I think it's the storytelling aspect to the character yeah. in a way. Not that I'm justifying or glorifying that kind of any of that. I yeah. don't. I'll be honest. I don't think you need to show dramatic, traumatic. Yeah scenes to show depth to a character yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. think you need to do it i think they did a good job of being on the line of too much yeah of what you should show and what people would want to stomach yeah and to the point where they will emotionally keep you in check yeah i think because it's very easy to go overboard with it and then you just push everybody out the theater of like fuck this fuck this garbage yeah like this trauma dump and <laughs> instead of doing that they keep you on a solid line of just being disgusted yeah but keeping you in seat to watch it in a way yeah. not for the scene but for hopefully the redemption of it no yeah that you're exactly the right. justice that's that's what i was thinking like all the flashback scenes were like rough but like I want justice for this. It wasn't just like, oh my God, what the fuck are they doing? Like, yeah. why are they showing all this? But for everybody's different. For some people, it was way past that line. Yeah, and I understand that. Yeah. I totally understand that. And if you hate the movie because of that, I get it. I, I, I wish you stayed to see the payoff because at the other end of it, yes, it's it was animal abuse that you saw, but it was it was a character. It was Rocket. And what you see more than just animal abuse is that you see the depth and creation of the character that you know. Yeah. And you see the arc of that character in the movie mm -hmm. as being an arc of, of healing. Yeah. And that's what this movie is to me. This movie is a, is a movie about healing. Yeah. And multiple people heal. Mm -hmm. Peter heals. Yeah. He heals with Gamora. He heals with going back home. Ugh. You see Drax heal. We haven't Drax, talked about Gamora. No, we haven't. Drax <laughs> heals with himself. Yeah. He heals with who he is. He heals his relationship with Mantis. Mantis heals. And he heals the still open wound from his wife and daughter. And his daughter. But yeah. yeah, he bent down and says, Mike, I had a daughter that looked that reminded me just of you. Right? Yeah, exactly. I used to act like a monkey. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude. Zzz, zzz, zzz. <laughs> is that a, that's, how is that a monkey? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea yeah you see uh you see nebula <laughs> heal nebula has an arc even just from the beginning of the movie to the end you yeah. have you see this arc change you see this change of her character everybody has this um what's his fucking name uh the guy you just mentioned who comes in attacks rock at the beginning uh adam warlock adam warlock has a he has a healing this movie yeah. is about healing yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. this movie is about and i don't think you understand healing until you see what you're healing from and unfortunately in this movie it was fucking animal abuse yeah exactly granted it's a lot deeper than just saying animal abuse and if you haven't seen the movie i hope you're not listening because we just spoiled a lot of awesome things yeah so hopefully you you understand what i mean by it's not just animal abuse there's more to it yeah but that mechanism of delivery i yeah. understand i uh 
the, the we mentioned the Gamora and Peter. That was such a another thing that I really liked about this movie is that it didn't like it felt very natural the way it was all playing out. Like you mentioned to the Guardians, he's just the guy who employs the guy that has the thing in his head that might be able to save Rocket. We know he's a villain, but like they show up to his office or whatever, and he's like doing things on the calculator, and he has his finger up, and they're like, "Oh, there's the guy we need," and they're like not even here for him, because um, like they don't know, and that that feels so right. Like I feel like another version of this movie would have them come in and be like, "Give us Rocket, you villain!" Yeah, uh, and like we probably would have not really noticed or been fine with that because we know he's the villain and it would have felt like the audience knows he's a bad guy, but it's like you, they walk in and you see them not really pay him much attention and you're like, Oh yeah, they have no idea who he is. They don't care. And like, that's so like well thought out and well written. And then like the Gamora thing, it's like, Oh man, he's going to go off and find Gamora and they're going to fall in love again. But it's like, no, she, this is a different version of Gamora. She has her own life and they gave them closure, but not like, they didn't get back together and i thought that was so much more beautiful like that at the end they have that moment where she like looks behind her and she's like i bet i bet we were fun and then he's like tearing up he's like like you wouldn't believe and they're like all right deuces <laughs> and then you see her reunited with the ravagers and they're celebrating like a family and they're happy and that's right and like yes. you feel good for gamora because of that because that's her family but, but she like, also grew yeah because remember she was initially very much anti-rocket save rocket anti any of this yep and then you see her fighting with them yep when you the, see her understanding groot yes <laughs> that's what i'm saying there this story was a big circle of healing yeah exactly. that's what this that's what this was and i think that's why it felt so satisfying at the end when they all say i'm done right yeah i'm done for now with they the guardians do their thing cause yeah and it just seems like yeah okay they got what they needed out of this experience yeah, okay. and to like keep them strung along would feel like artificial Forced. For Disney dollars, <laughs> yeah, and and even so, it seems natural when you saw the new Guardians. It felt good, and for me, it felt good. I was thinking, oh, okay, cool, yeah, fucking cool. All right, this is the new group. This is yeah, the, I want to yeah, see yeah, this yeah. new group now. I want to see what goes on. Which I do like that group. Uh, Groot, Rocket, um, Adam Warlock, Craglin, uh, and uh, the girl's name who is a comic book character, but I forget her name. It's like Phasma or something like that. Okay. It's the the girl with the blonde hair and like High Evolutionary explains like she's been running for two hours and she hasn't broken a sweat and she's yeah. always happy and she could rewire blah blah blah. And then at that post credit scene, I don't know if you saw, but like her hands started glowing, so she has like yes. powers. So she has I forget who too. that is, but she's a she's a comic book character. People saw the trailer of the girl running in the loop thing and high evolutionary and people were like, oh, could that be blah blah blah? And it was. <laughs> so it was cool that they introduced another new guardian. And, like, that is a cool, like, the Guardians can live on, just not with this group that we're used to. And I, I hope it does, because that's, like, a pretty rad group yeah, of and, Guardians and, to and continue it, on. It feels, it doesn't feel forced because you have proper closure. Yeah, exactly. With, with the, with it's been established that Rocket is taking over. He's best friends with Groot, so he's not going anywhere. They have these new people who live on nowhere. And, like, Drax is on nowhere being, like, the father. Nebula's on nowhere, like, running nowhere. But, like, this group is the Guardian. And it's like, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah this feels kick ass. Keep this going. Right, yeah, this feels proper. They all talk about music. <laughs> What's your favorite music? Um, Britney Spears or corn? <laughs> um, yeah, very cool. Uh, first f bomb in the MCU. Yep. Did you like that one? I t- <laughs> 
I push the button. Okay, now what? Open the fucking door. <laughs> it's such a good like throwaway use of that line, but it, but it makes sense because that's such a frustrating situation. It, yeah, I, I was gonna say I still think the best time for it would have been in Infinity War when Thor comes in with Rocket and Groot. And yeah. then uh, Banner comes out of the Hulkbuster <laughs> and he says, you're all screwed now. It would have been way better if he said, you're all fucked now. And like that would have been, I still think, way better usage. But I'm my usage also would have been Infinity War, but it would have been the post credit scene with Nick Fury. And as he's getting dusted, he just goes, motherfucker. And then just turns to dust. Like, that would have been... You would have wasted it on a post credit scene? Uh, you would have... Hold on. Did you refer to Samuel L. Jackson dropping motherfucker as wasting it? Ah, uh, that's <laughs> that a good is, point. That is a that's cosmically a, perfect use of point. an F-bomb. That is a good point. Um, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's... Okay. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah, that would, uh, that would be fitting. I saw I saw this video recently that PG-13 movies are allowed one f bomb per movie. Makes sense. And it was uh, the podcast of um, Dominic Monaghan and Billy Boyd who play Mary and Pippin. Yeah. They have a Lord of the Rings podcast, and they're like, "Where would we have used it in <laughs> Lord of the Rings?" And they're, when the uh, Pippin knocks the skeleton down the thing and and uh, and cause a doom, <laughs> and just like, I'm really fucking sorry, Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf saying fucking fool of a tug. <laughs> And then, and then Dominic Monaghan says, uh, uh, Boromir opens the door and goes, they have a fucking cave troll. <laughs> there, there, that's the one. They have a fucking cave troll. That's it. That's where they fucking use it. That would have been amazing. Oh my gosh. Fucking cave troll. They have a fucking cave troll. I also, I thought of, uh. Also in the way he says it. They have a fucking cave troll. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Gandalf holding on onto the bridge and he's about to fall. Fly, you fucking fools, sir. Fucking fly, you fools. Yeah. Fly, you fucks. Fly, you fucks. <laughs> J. Gandalf from Boston. J.R.R. Tolkien rolling in his fucking grave. This Gandalf came from Boston on the south side. Fly, you fucks. <laughs> you fucks. Um... They have a fucking. Let me control. let me ask you this: Is yeah, yeah, Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy the best trilogy of the MCU? Uh, oh, versus like Iron Man, one, Iron two, Man's three, a trilogy, Captain America is a trilogy, uh, Spider Man's a trilogy. Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, Thor Ooh. is beyond a trilogy, it but is. I guess you could refer to the first three as a trilogy. It's a saga now, yeah. Uh, Avengers is beyond a trilogy, although that's like kind of a one, two, and then three part one, three part two. Yeah. Um, oh God! I think as a trilogy, because of the Lord of the Rings analogy I gave you earlier, I think it is the best trilogy. Is it the best three movies in a series? Maybe, maybe not. You're talking about MCU. MCU. I think Spider Man is the contender. Spider Man is the contender. It's, it is Spider Man. Homecoming is great. No Way Home is very good, and or no, uh, Far From Home is Far very good, home. and then No Way Home is just incredible. <laughs> just. <laughs> Um, but I think Guardians 1 is great. Guardians 2 is great. Guardians 3 is incredible. So I think, to me, it edges out Spider-Man a little bit. Uh, Tom Holland did a really good job. Yeah. And so did Willem Dafoe. Yeah. They did fucking a master job. Uh, yeah. But 
In the oh, uh, you're talking about the third you one. You know, yeah, yeah. In the third one, you know what? You know what? Guardians of the Galaxy makes me think of. Huh. It makes me think of uh, Inception. And Inception to me, well, let me finish. Inception to me, in the scene when Leonardo DiCaprio has to relive his wife committing suicide, yeah, was such a. I didn't expect that from Leonardo DiCaprio as far as the explosion of his emotions yeah when he performed that and that took me to a place of like holy shit i understand what people mean by leo being a good actor yeah. i never was able to pick up on the nuances but such an obvious display of something as raw as that yeah that was that was incredible and I'm not saying it needs to be a traumatic showing in order to see the depth of performance ability of 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 an actor, but like legit Bradley Cooper, you have to still realize technically wasn't in this physically, like, yeah. <laughs> and he did that kind of delivery with a CGI raccoon. Yeah, <laughs> like that. Like, I can't get over the power of his performance. Yeah, as that. When he wasn't in the movie, yeah. <laughs> like physically, Chris Pratt did a good job. He was in the movie. Yeah, he right? could see the he things he tools. was interacting. He had out. some tools yeah. there to do it, and I think that's what carries this movie so well for me, because you could almost feel uh, the power of Bradley Cooper's acting yeah. in those scenes, right? To me, at least, that's what I felt, and yeah. to me, it's just, um, yeah. I think because of that performance by Bradley Cooper, it just um, it just slammed home. Yeah, absolutely. I think he had, it, both of them also had a lot of big moments. Like they had they had moments where they acted big, like the whale when rockets or when he screams oh, yeah. after his friends die, and, and then the rage he has, the rage when he like slashes the high evolutionary face. Which we didn't talk about that either. That was pretty gruesome. Both, I like, assume that's what that was because when you see. In the, oh, in the present, he has uh, this weird stretchy skin mask. And in the past, he has a normal face and hair. Yeah. Well, also, I think a lot of people... I think a lot of people also really have a poor understanding and judgment of just wildlife. And, yeah. like, I think people don't understand... Like, for example, if, you, if you're proper and you don't declaw your cats because you shouldn't do that, mm. have you seen cat's paws <laughs> like i don't even live with cats yeah and i know the power they have yeah behind just their little paws yeah right i know what dogs can do because yeah. i've seen i've i've seen and felt dog like i've had a dog playfully run at me at full speed and hit yeah. me <laughs> yeah right playfully yeah. not even trying to attack me get to my throat anything like that yeah um it's just i think people have a very poor understanding of nature and they think I'm human and I can use the internet. So this thing can't harm me because I'm bigger than it. And it's <laughs> because like, <laughs> I could use the internet. Well, yeah, they think that, oh, I'm superior to this thing because of that. And yeah. therefore this thing can't hurt me. Yeah. And it's just, I've been in the water with dolphins. I've been <laughs> hit by, by dogs, both small Friendly and big. Dogs. <laughs> I've been scratched by a cat. I've yeah. been surrounded by coyotes. Whoa. I've, yeah. I've, I know enough. I've I've had a deer charge at me. Whoa. Like I've had deer hit my car. Yeah. And just walk away. I think people <laughs> forget the power that animals have 
because we're used to them being cute and fluffy. Yeah. Or being at a distance. Yeah. And I think if you're in a life or death situation, or if you're in a situation where an animal actually wants to hurt you, I think Bilber has a beautiful bit about it. I think it's about a squirrel. Yeah. He was like, Do you realize how fast a squirrel moves? And if it wanted to run up your pant leg and start scratching your eyes, by the time it gets to your eyes, you're still trying to understand what's happening because you felt it on your leg a sec like half a second ago. Because that thing would go whoop, onto your eyes and you'd be like, What the fuck? And you by the time you're saying that sentence, the squirrel's already eating your eyeballs because you wouldn't understand it because it's that fast. Right? And like you just don't understand. Like you can't yeah, that's, you can't catch a squirrel. And we got to we saw that in the movie, but with a raccoon. With the raccoon, which is way bigger. It's right? on the ground and it's on your face. Yeah, so like you, you, there's just this weird disconnect. And I think uh, for me, it wasn't a surprise when I saw that scene. I was like, of course. Um, and also because I don't think enough people have been scratched severely enough to know yeah. what that feels like. Yeah. Like you have cats. I know you've probably been scratched at some point where like you're, you bled. Yeah, I got, I got a new one on my Right, <laughs> right? That maybe was playful even. Yeah. Right? And now imagine the cat wanting to kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a different ball game. I've had I've gotten bit by dogs a couple times. Yeah, they, yeah, animals can be nasty. Yeah, and, <laughs> and people keep forgetting an it. animal be nasty in this. Yeah, people very much forget it. I remember again when I swam with dolphins, I was thinking, oh my god, <laughs> if this thing wanted to kill me in a second, it will just kill me. <laughs> yeah, like I'm literally just a bag of garbage floating right now, <laughs> and this thing is bigger than my car. Yeah, and moving so fucking fast. <laughs> Just pierce, I don't think people pierce a hole through you. People who haven't seen dolphins in person in the water and seen what they do understand. They are so fast. And when you're in the water, when you're in their world, and you see them fucking swimming past, and then they just stop. Yeah. And it's just, Jesus Christ. And then you try to swim. You're doing like you're fucking... You're trying to. I want to see a remake of Jaws, but with dolphins. It'd be the most terrifying movie for you, dude. It's it's terrifying. Oh yeah. It's, when they're next to you in the water, and it's bigger. It's as big of a car as a car, if not bigger. Yeah. And you see it just take off. I didn't realize they were that big. They're I thought huge. They were like human sized. No, 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 no. Maybe like small ones, like per porpoises or whatever. Yeah. But like like <laughs> big bottlenose dolphins are fucking. They attack great white sharks. Damn. Yeah, they're huge. And wow. to see them move that fast is terrifying. Yeah. It really is because you go, oh, that thing wanted to turn around and then just come at me 30 miles per hour in the water. It's going to go through me. It's going to fucking blow a hole through me and yeah. rip me into two. Like this thing is fucking terrifying. So, yeah, yeah uh, that scene, I'm, I'm not surprised. It was my, is my point that yeah. that's what happened. I also, uh, I think last point, uh, and also another reason why I think No Way Home was, I, I enjoyed it so much. It was a no finale. Oh, yeah. Like Guardians 3 and No Way Home. Wait, is like, No Way Home a finale? I mean, like a, a soft finale. Because that's like, okay, the arc is over. His friends don't know him anymore. The, the day is officially saved. And he's friendly neighborhood Spider-Man again. He's basically... He's only back. the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Right, exactly. He's making his own suits out of fabric with a sewing machine. Uh, and he's in his apartment. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing a meme when that movie came out. I was like, 
Peter Parker living in financial ruin in a horrible apartment, and but that's the Peter Parker we nobody know. Nobody knows him. And fans, yay! Yeah. <laughs> Cheering for him, having like being so down on his luck. Because in the next movie, he's probably going to be a photographer. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to take gonna, us back to. He's going to work for the pizza place. Yep. And... <laughs> yeah, it's it, legit. It's it, it, they did a full circle. Yeah, exactly. Great. Which, uh, yeah. Anyway, this is an No Way Home podcast. No, this episode, is but, Guardians of the Galaxy. But it was like a soft ending. It was like he's back to square one, uh, where Guardians is like an ending ending, where like everybody's done with this thing that we just watched for three movies. Um, and they're moving on to the next chapters in their life. And for some of them, it's the same thing. Or it's the next phase of the same thing. But for Peter, he goes back home. For Nebula, she's taking care of Noah. For Drax, he's a dad. For Gamora, she's with her friends. And it's not these people and all that stuff. So it's like, it like feels good for resolved. something to end. Yeah, resolved. <laughs> like it's, you could take a sigh of relief. It's not like, ugh. Well, okay, so when's the next thing that I need to pay attention to? Even though they did do a Star Lord will return, and it's like but okay, but I don't what, know what I don't know what that is or what it's going to be in. It's, I don't think it's going to be another Guardians movie. I don't know if it'll be another Guardians movie. Yeah, maybe it'll show up in another thing. Um, people are thinking that they'll finally bring in Nova to the MCU, Ooh. Um, and I think Star uh, Star Lord and Nova were like buddies or something in the comics, so like they could do something like that. Um, yeah, it's it, it feels good to end. I think the last like, I mean, actually, there have been a couple endings recently. To be fair, Endgame was pretty ending. Um, like Tony Stark uh, over Captain America over. Yeah, um, yeah. But then they set up like Thor and the Guardians off on a space adventure and like all this. They did leave a bunch of threads open where this tied up a lot more than it left open. No Way Home tied up a lot more than it left open. And that's like good. Like we don't need every movie to be an iteration. It's like stay tuned for next week on the MCU. It's like let's just put some of these to rest. They closed off character stories. Yeah, exactly. And they did a good job doing it. And I think that was that's key. I think it's key. It's it feels it's a bittersweet but satisfying ending. Yeah, because it's like um, it's like TV shows. Like if TV shows go go on for too long, eventually it becomes like eh. It's graduating. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was it was great for four seasons, and then it kind of became mm-hmm. okay, and then it eventually they took it out back and put it out of its misery. But this is like okay, cool. They told re- they made three really good movies, and they're done. That's awesome. It's like Breaking Bad. They told five seasons. They wanted to tell a five season story, and here's five seasons, and it's done. Ted Lasso is about to end its third season and it's probably going to be the last and it's going to be great. And it's like, it's not going to, they're not going to drag it on to limp for six, seven seasons. They're going yeah, to end it when it should be ended. It's satisfying in that they, they close out this story. Yeah. And yeah, some stories, the majority of stories. Yeah. They, 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 this was a well done movie. Very, very good. Good job. What's the score? Nine. Oh, are you asking me or Rotten Tomatoes? Uh, I know yours now is nine. <laughs> I think nine out of ten. Nine out of ten, which is on the higher side of the MCU. Have you put a ten out of ten out there? And Game, Infinity War, and the first Avengers, I think, are my tens. Are tens? Yeah, I think that's it. Avengers one, Avengers three, and Avengers four. <laughs> Avengers one ten. Yeah. End game ten. End game ten. And I think Infinity War ten. The fact that it. There were 35 characters in it or something. <laughs> I literally think 35, not joking. Uh, and they told a seamless story and they wove it all together and it had a beginning, middle, and an end and it felt right. 
And then it also set up Endgame, which was just 55 characters or something like that. Uh, incredible. It was such a such an achievement. It was so well done. The action was so good. The CGI was so good. All the acting was so good. Yeah, it's a 10. 10. Just for the sheer fact that it exists. No, I'm not doubting. I'm not <laughs> like doubting it's a 10. Yeah, yeah. I, was just, I was just curious. So this, like, is, so this is a 9. Okay. Some of the other ones, I think that all three of the Guardians trilogies are 9s. I think Iron Man is a 9. Black Panther is a nine. Um, no Way Home is a nine. Ooh, Black Panther two was quite a deep movie as well. That was a deep one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was a that was a, yeah, dramatic one. That was right. a pretty dramatically heavy movie too. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking. I think more we scenes. repressed it because it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I think we just shoved that one down. It was just like, okay, yeah. we'll. we'll We'll unpack that one when we feel more emotionally stable. Yeah, I'll talk to my therapist about it yeah. and we watch it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> much, much later. That was, uh, that's really up there, huh? What? Now that I remembered about it. Like, In uh, terms of dark movies? Just heavy. Yeah, heavy. Heaviness? Yeah. Remember how that movie fucking started? Yep. I sure do. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. <laughs> yeah, nope. That was uh, pretty, yeah. yeah. I feel like all the MCU movies in general have been darker. Yeah. In the theme. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as Thor: jokey, Love and funny. Thunder was jokey funny, but also had some dark gut punches. Yeah, yeah, they've they've all been kind of darker. Doctor Strange was like horror dark, and like, oh, this is kind of fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like that kind of dark. Yeah, interesting. Uh, so what's next? Uh, the Marvels, I think. That's end of June. The Marvels is later than that. I think July, like July, se- August, September, October. No, maybe not that far out is it november maybe <laughs> let me ask siri real quick oh gosh Siri's when does be... the marvels come out chipotle closes at nine <laughs> now playing the beatles <laughs> um july 28th 2023 so i think that's next i think we also have secret invasion which i'm very excited tv show for. yeah tv show nick fury um colby smolders that character uh ben mendelson the the scrolls Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like espionage, like Winter Soldier vibes. Captain America, Winter Soldier. What's next for Star Wars? Because uh, we know they go back and Ahsoka. forth. Ahsoka. Oh, is yes. next. Ahsoka is very soon, and I'm super hyped for that. Did you see the trailer for that? Are you blacking that out? I blacked it out. Okay. I would. Yeah, I blacked it out. I think I blacked it out because you told me to. Yeah, I, that seems right. Yeah. It's the Actually, first trailer is like, whoa. <laughs> I, you can't be somebody who blacks out things because I need you to be my my source of truth. I got you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> do I black this out? Yes. Do, do I black that out? Nah, that's nah, fine. <laughs> like, okay, okay, okay. The Marvel's trailers. Yeah. We, we sat down and you're like, oh, do I need to black anything out? And I was like, blah, 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 scanning database. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you, were, you, were, you were like, what are they called? The fucking human the human the human computers the, from dune your uh, eyes roll back into your head <laughs> <laughs> i was a, i was a precog from yeah. uh, from the tom cruise uh, movie minority report yeah uh, <laughs> nope you're good yeah. i was like the marvels trailer but it just looks fun I don't, you don't need to that's not going to change it does look fun yeah it no, does dude, look fun that trailer is super fun it looks it look, i think it's going to be a very fun movie yeah uh, and that's what I'm hoping for for that one. Just fun. Yeah. Because uh, Captain Marvel, I think, has a lot of potential to be fun. And then uh, Miss Marvel. So fun. She's just a teenager who's just happy to be there. Yeah. <laughs> and We're friends. <laughs> we are not a team. <laughs> yeah. and then, like, We're a team. 
it's just that's a really fun concept <laughs> that the three of them keep trading places and it like probably takes them a while to figure that out and like the use of intergalactic for the trailer song in that uh oh my gosh the last thing i i had like a mental checklist of what we needed to talk about for Beastie guardians boys? Beastie Boys, that hallway fight scene, which I think is the longest uncut fight scene of the entire no MCU. Sleep Till Brooklyn. No Sleep Till Brooklyn during like the whole second half of that song. It was like a two minute uncut yeah. fight scene. So many good moments. Each character gets their time to shine, which like as I was watching it the first time, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's one long shot. Oh, everybody's doing this. Everybody does something. Oh, this is incredible. And then it ends. And I was like, I literally already can't wait to rewatch that and like slowly break it down and like scan it. Literally, it has a, a long like 10 ish second shot on each character doing something badass, including the little fluffy monster thing. <laughs> like it jumps and like bites a couple people in the background. Star Lord like puts bombs on a bunch of people and blows them up, shoots a couple guys in the face gamora slashes uh, a couple guys with a sword a nebula has my favorite one where one of the monsters like punches her head off and is just t- tipped backwards and she's still fighting and, and she looks people. over and she shoots to the left <laughs> and yeah. then, like fixes her head after <laughs> killing all these guys incredible rocket obviously like jumps up and shoots a bunch of people groot stabs a bunch of people with his tree limbs drax stabs a bunch of people and like like haymakers or um what's it called rock bottoms a guy <laughs> Um, Drax was badass in this movie. This was, I yeah. think, also uh, lots of Drax. Yeah, it was a big Drax movie, um, which I'm glad because he's definitely done with the MCU. <laughs> Is he? Oh, yeah. He hated what uh, Disney did to James Gunn. He hated that. And like James Gunn had to like beg him to come back. And he's like, hey, I know I'm back. And I know you're still upset at what they did to me. But like, come on, we need you, buddy. And he's like, fine. But this is the last one. And he hated that whole like James Gunn getting fired and all yeah. that stuff. He is like really pissed off about that. I think there's that like open letter from the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Remember that? I think yeah, he I wrote that. Oh, really? And then the rest of the cast were like, "Okay, yeah, we'll sign it. We agree." But he was the uh, he was the Thomas Jefferson of that one. <laughs> so. I wonder. Okay, I'm okay with it. I think it, they wrapped yeah, it up he's, well. He's, he's done. He's, he's a good. dad, and he's on nowhere. He's taking care of the kids. Bye. Yeah, I think Dave Bautista is probably tired of doing makeup. I think he's tired of doing makeup. I think he's tired of doing that character because everything else we've seen him do is like this kind of cool, stoic. Like he was in Blade Runner 2049 uh, at the intro of that. He was in Dune. He was in Dune. Very awesome in Dune. He was in um, Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. Yeah. Very goofy character, but... uh, yeah, I think he wants to do a little bit more with acting. Yeah, he's been tracks. in a lot of movies actually. He's he's awesome. I he's one of my favorite wrestlers turned actors. <laughs> he might be the most successful. I, no, think about it. Come on, well, you're almost there. Are you, are you going by money? Or are you going by? I think fame, success, money. Use okay. I'm going off of resume. I mean, it's got to be. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson was not in fucking Dune <laughs> with Denis Villeneuve. He was not in that fucking. I mean, he was in a I bunch think, of. I think Dave Bautista has a more rich career. He has a more impressive resume. Yes. Of, he has a more impressive body of work. Yes. But I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson has more billions of dollars. Okay. If we're going off of just dollar <laughs> dollars yeah. to define success, then yeah. And like number of things. And like percentage of things that have gone on to be very successful. Jumanji. Yeah, both Jumanjis. Both Jumanjis, yeah, true. A Rampage, can't forget about Rampage. Rampage. All the Fast and the Furious movies he was in. Hobbs and Shaw, presented by Fast and the Furious. Um, Black yeah, Adam. 
Black Adam, your favorite comic book movie of all time. <laughs> I know we're gonna. I know we're wrapping up, but we have to see the Flash. We got to see the Flash. Suppose. Every time I see a trailer for that, I'm like, oh shit, this movie actually might be awesome. I mean, as you told me, everybody says it's the greatest comic book movie ever made. There were a couple reviews that came out where like this very well may be the, the best comic book story on screen. Um, Stephen King said, I don't like comic book movies. This movie is magical. Stephen King called it magical. <laughs> so <laughs> who made, who directed that movie? I don't know. <laughs> DC. <laughs> I very rarely know. Like, it's very rarely. I mean, you got James Gunn. They all look the same, right? Taika all DC Waititi. movies look the same, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's like it's a DC one. There, it's all made by a boardroom anyway. Like, yeah. no one, no one really directed it. Someone sat there and did the clicker thing. Yeah, right. Okay. All right, action. Do the thing that we all told you to do. Um, yeah, we'll we'll check that out. And then uh, James Gunn is done with the MCU, so we'll see what he does with the DCU. DCEU, whatever. I don't know. Um, but he's uh, he's the Kevin Feige over there these days. Yeah. So we'll see uh, we'll see how that goes. We don't know much about his plan yet, but we'll see. We'll see. Cool. Okay. Well, in that case. Hey, have a happy birthday on Sunday. I will try my best. I think you'll do great. <laughs> I'll try my best. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Everybody. <laughs> Oh, uh, share this, rate it, do a good job. Bye. My check. Your check? Mike check. Oh, Mike check. Mike check. I thought you said my check. No, my and I was check. like, you getting paid, boy? My check. Oh, you getting that money? My check. All right. We probably sound good. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. <laughs>